Thanks for listening to this message from The Block KC. The Block KC exists to help young adults build their lives on what counts. We believe that is Jesus and what God has revealed in His Word. We'd love to see you next Thursday, 7 p.m. at Lenexa Baptist Church. Now, let's listen to this week's message. going on guys hey good to see you welcome out to the block great to see you guys man my hands are freezing cold is it cold is it getting cold outside don't know what's happening uh hey good to be with you guys my name is luke hoagland one of the directors here at the block kansas city uh young adult minister down at journey bible church and um happy to be here we're going to be continuing our series mixed emotions like nick was talking about uh it's a happy time around here as well a couple of our leaders uh, which I don't know if you mentioned this, Nick, in your opener, but uh, Michael Masterson and Caitlin Zerker got married this last weekend. So we're so excited. So excited for them. So yeah, continuing uh, our series this week. Last week was uh, the opener on shame. Uh, if you're interested, check it out on Spotify. There was a testimony with it as well. Uh, real powerful. So uh, I encourage you to check it out. Uh, today... And this week, we are going to be looking at loneliness. Now, cue all of the, the songs that include lonely. That's all I've been thinking about and listening to. Akon, it's got a good one, lonely. Uh, lonely No More, Rob Thomas, that's a good one. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm too old uh, for y'all and y'all don't know that one. I don't know. But uh, looking at loneliness, and it's certainly uh, an emotion that we feel, right? We feel lonely. Uh, it's a state of being that we can be in as well. We can be lonely. We can be disconnected. We can have no one who knows us. We can be not knowing anyone else. Uh, These things are all very true. And I've got a couple stories uh, of loneliness in my own life that I'd like to share with you. I'm excited for tonight. We're going to have a ton of fun. Uh, And uh, this story, to get us started, I was four years old and I was at the Lake of the Ozarks. So there with my uh, my parents, mom and dad, and my two older brothers that are seven and nine years older. And we are staying at the Hotel of the Ozarks, which is like right off the dock. So like here's the front door to walk in the hotel, here's the dock, there's the water so you can fish right outside. A cool little spot. But the first morning I wake up and I'm four years old and there's just no one there. I'm all alone. And I'm in a place that I've never been. It's, a, it's like a dark room. So I'm alone. Where's my family? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm scared. And so the resolve, what I, what I do is I put on my dad's size 12 sneakers as a four-year-old, so I got clown shoes, and, uh, and I walk out the door, and I walk out, and instead of looking right over there, I just go left. What's over to the left is there's a road, and so I, I walk over to the road. My resolve is I'm just going to keep walking, keep walking until I find my family, That's, <laughs> and it's going to work. And, and so I'm crying, you know, tears just rolling down my face. And, uh, and I'm not more than a couple blocks down the road, and uh, my parents see me, and they're, they're coming back. They're, they're honking. They're like, hey, Lukey, Lukey, we see, we're here. And so I like, run over to the car, you know, get in, and my mom re- recounts the story. The first thing that I say to her, I says, don't you ever leave me again. <laughs> don't leave me. That was, that was scary. And, uh, and so I was lonely, and I felt fearful in that moment, and it led me to do some interesting things, right? If I and actually, if I would have walked out the door and just looked right. I didn't look right. My brothers were fishing like 20 feet away. I wouldn't have been scared. And, and so it caused me to have this tunnel vision, uh, lose perspective of what was actually happening, made some rash choices. 
Another story of loneliness in my life, uh, right after graduating K-State, any K-Staters in the room? Yeah, I've seen a lot of K-State gear here tonight, pretty sweet, um, rock jock. And uh, so uh, I go to India after graduating, and uh, I'm on a mission trip. We're there for 30 days. The whole goal is we're going to uh, tell people about Jesus for 30 days. We're going to go to malls, just meet random people, share the gospel with them, and uh, Day five, I, I go to this mall that's sort of in the slums, and you go to the top floor, that's how malls are laid out there, the, the food court is at the top floor, great place to just like meet people who are sitting by themselves, and so I sit down with two guys, so I ask them if I can sit down first, I sit down with them, and uh, 18 and 19 years old, and uh, we ask, hey, I'm here to learn like about your culture, you know, could you tell me, you know, what, what do you believe, what's true here? And then after that, you know, I ask, can I share with you about my culture and tell you about my God? And uh, they're always like, yes, I'd love to hear. Uh, you know, they have 30 million, 300 million gods, and so they're very open to any God. And, uh, and so I began telling them about Jesus and how Jesus is actually the only God who has ever come to the earth, who's ever walked as a man, a, a God who's, who's come to us and he's taken on our sin, and it's what they call pop. Uh, P-A-A-P is, is the word for sin there. Jesus took on our pop so that we don't have to die and be separated from God because of our pop. And, and so I'm telling them the good news, describing it to them. They're like, okay, okay, I get done. And they start laughing in my face. They just start laughing. And I'm very confused. Like, you know, I'm a funny guy. I didn't say anything fun. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was like, why are you laughing at me? Like, and, and it hurts, Right? And, and they say, uh, what, what exactly do they say? They say, uh, they say, how could there be only one God? That's the most outrageous thing we've ever heard. That's actually, it's, it's stupid. How could you possibly think that? So they're laughing at me. They're making fun of me. You know, I'm trying to reason with them for a few hours, way too long than I probably should have. And then they just got up and left. And, uh, and so I was just discouraged. You know, there I am in India, other side of the planet, I look at my watch, you know, I'm, I'm an hour past curfew. We're supposed to be home for, uh, before dark because it can get dangerous after dark. <laughs> and so I hop on a bus, you know, a bus takes me to a spot where I can take an Uber. Uber says, you know, we're an hour away from home. You know, traffic's terrible after dark, so it takes us another two hours. And I'm sitting there in that Uber on the drive home contemplating some things. What am I doing here? What am I living for? Like, what am I doing on the opposite side of the planet from everyone that I love right now? Like, is, is this it? One, is this worth it? And what's pervasive in my mind is like, I want to go home. I want to get out of here. I can't be doing anything that's worth it. I'm not comfortable, and I'm hurting, and I'm lonely. And that's what's true about loneliness. It can make us feel all different types of things. It can, be, it can lead us to like funny situations. It can lead us to devastating situations. Loneliness looks a lot of different ways. And I'm going to show some pictures here on the screen, uh, and I'm going to ask you guys the question, is this person lonely? Is this guy lonely? Yes or no? Got some shaking of the head. He's not lonely. No? Okay. Any yeses out there? Anyone think he's lonely? Yeah. Yeah, Madison thinks he's lonely. Yeah, so we don't really know. I mean, it's a picture for sure. You know, he's sitting there on the swing and the sun is sitting with him, so I guess the sun is his company on the other swing. But we don't know if he's lonely. So next picture, take a look at this one. We got a kid out in the middle of the ocean. Is this kid lonely? Yes, he's lonely. And he knows? Anyone think he's not lonely? 
He's terrified, yeah. Yeah, if he is lonely, he's not lonely because there's sharks with him, and so he should be terrified. Uh, but we don't know. What could be true is his family's out there right behind him. He's having the time of his life. It's his birthday, and they're, they're egging him on. Go swim out. He could be having a grand old time. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, next, next picture, last picture, at a party. So the guy in the middle, guy in the middle, he got the shades on, smiling good, got a drink in his hand. That guy, is he lonely? Yes, we got some yeses. No, no, not lonely. Man, we don't know. Maybe, maybe he is very lonely and that he's got the smile, but it's just the smile. He's put a smile on. He's not feeling lonely. I mean, no one's really talking to him. Those people uh, right next to him look like they're looking at him. Maybe they're looking through him. You know, we, we don't really know. And so we can't tell loneliness. We don't see it very easily. We're all together in this room. It's hard to tell who is feeling lonely. You know, studies and statistics, we've talked about it before here at the block, uh, continually show how uh, Gen Z is the loneliest generation. We haven't been recording loneliness in generations for forever, but as far as when we've been recording them, Gen Z is the loneliest generation. We, we know the pervasiveness of this problem. Uh, Fortune magazine this year did a study uh, of, the, of Gen Z, uh, of people who said that they were lonely, which was like 68% uh, or something like that, crazy high. And... Out of those people, 41% said they are lonely because of lack of friends or community. That drives their loneliness. Makes sense. I'm lonely because I don't have friends or community. That lines up. 38% say it's because of lack of purpose. Lack of purpose perpetuates their loneliness. They've got people in their life. People are all around them, but we're not doing anything. We're not living for anything. And then the last 21% attribute loneliness to a new lifestyle or getting older, a new life stage. And, and so I think a lot of us can, can understand that. Maybe you've recently graduated college, all the friends change or something like that. Uh, certainly can lead us to a place of feeling lonely when we previously weren't. And the current fact of the matter tonight, we're, we're together in this room. We can't tell who is lonely, who's experiencing it. And maybe you're new to coming to the block, new to Kansas City. Uh, you're trying to figure out where you belong. And man, I hope this is a, a place that you can belong. I'm going to do everything in my power. And I pray that all of us do everything in our power to help people find belonging here at the block. Uh, but as of now, you don't know where that is. You're in, a, you're in a state of loneliness. You know, maybe you've been coming to the block for years. And you know the faces. You know the names. And, and they know you. But you're going to leave tonight get in your car, lay your head down in your bed, and you say, I'm still lonely. I'm not known in the way that I want to be. And, and I think that it, it's hard to discuss this, but it needs to because there are people in here uh, who do not feel lonely right now. And praise God that you don't feel lonely right now. Maybe you've got awesome community. You're like, this is the best community I've ever had in my life. And, and, and I think you need to listen tonight because you're not gonna have this community forever. And, and what's true is seasons are going to change. And you might have something change in your life that's going to lead you to a period or a season of loneliness. And, and, and that's what tonight's all about, is that we would learn that in our loneliness, in the different changes in our life, we do not have to despair. And I pray that you would know that. And as those seasons come and go, you would have strength and confidence all the way through them. So as we get in tonight, talking about three lies of loneliness, would you pray with me? God, this is, uh, it's a, a sensitive uh, issue, and 
God, I pray tonight you do a work amongst us. And it's not, loneliness is not something we're like excited to admit to you. It's not something we're eager to admit to another person to ask for help. And I pray that you would break down some of those just thoughts and beliefs. And God, you can work in our lives and bring about good relationships, godly relationships that are for our good, that encourage us, that build us up. God, in place, this is why you've designed the church. This is why you've designed us to live in community. So I pray that we would just be a people that are more obedient in this area of our life, that we would see people as needing community. We would be open to include them. And God, if there's anyone who is in that season, that period of loneliness right now in despair, God, I pray that they would, they would voice up one to you. God, they would call out to you. God, they would come forward. They would, they would talk to a friend tonight. God, you would do a work in their life and heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So lies of loneliness. The first lie that we're gonna talk about is that I can't do anything about my loneliness. First lie of loneliness, I cannot do anything about my loneliness. So in the moments of feeling desperately lonely, it sometimes feels like it's just really hard to have any hope for what's up ahead. It's just difficult. That's just a reality sometimes is that you're very lonely and to, to think that things are never going to get better is just like a, a realistic thought that you might have. I've felt it before as well. And, and what's, what's true or what's not, that's just not true, that things are, things are going to change in your life. We've already talked about this. Things, seasons change. But loneliness gives us in this mindset uh, to really think the worst about ourselves. When we are lonely, we start to think some terrible things about me, myself, and I. You know, I'm not desirable. I'm not wanted. You know, I'm not going to have friends. I don't have them now. And, and these things are not absolutely true. We say these things and we and often have friends and have people who do love us. But God's, he's made us to be where we are right now in the world, to be who we are right now in the world. But all sorts of people experience this loneliness and, and we're gonna get into uh, one in the Bible. Psalm 13 is where we're gonna be tonight, so open your Bibles there if you wanna follow along. Verses will be up there. And a person who was lonely was a king. We're looking at a psalm and a, really a cry of King David, a king who could, he could say anything and he could get whatever he wanted. He had that power. Yeah, he was lonely. This is what it says, Psalm 13, 1. It says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Basically, he's saying, like, I can't see you. Do you see me? Like, do you see how I feel, how, what I'm going through here? You know, I'm not sensing your goodness. I'm not sensing your favor. How long am I going to be in this season of loneliness and sorrow? It goes on. He says, how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day? Saying, like, there's no one else I can go to. I've got to go to my own soul. I've got to ask myself What's best here? I don't have anyone to run this by. Actually, I, I kind of want to run it by you, but I'm not getting anything back. Where are you at? And this is what loneliness feels like. I mean, has anyone ever been in this place? Has anyone been lonely like this in their life? 
The situation is lonely. It's not getting better. The outlook is bleak. Now, from here, you know, what, what can we do? And today is not going to be about me giving you, you know, a three-point process of how to get out of your loneliness. The Bible is more fair and more real than that. The Bible does not make light of, the lo- of loneliness. And God even, you know, he's so patient with us. In, in our experience and in our emotions, he doesn't demand that we stop feeling lonely. He is patient and he loves us and he's gentle in spirit. And so we're going to talk about some things here that, that are some good ideas from the scripture. They're actually counsel in the ways that we should go. It's not, not to say that these are going to immediately cure your loneliness, but here's some ways God would guide us to fight. So number one, look with me. First one is to be known. I put be transparent there as well. You know, Nick talked about this a little bit last week um, about shame, and really shame keeps us from being known. We, we try to not let God know, and then we try to not let people know. We don't let people in. We're not transparent. It keeps us, from, uh, it keeps us living in the dark, and it keeps us lonely. Psalm 32, 5 there, it says, I acknowledge, this is David again, he says, I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said I, will, or, uh, I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I, I went to God, and I put it all there before him, and he knows it already, and what happens when I come to God humbly with my sin? God forgives me. He's the only one who can. And when we stand in that, when you stand in the forgiveness of God for your sin, there's nothing man can do to you. You have all the forgiveness that you need. You know, you may be rejected by opening up about your sin, but you have a God who is with you, who's on your side, and who has forgiven you. Second one there is uh, know and love others. And I put seek their interests because the, the verse here is Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. We talk about this verse all the time. It's a home run uh, verse for sure. And, and I put this one here because uh, I can be overly concerned with me. And I, and I know there's many of you who would admit the same thing, that you can be overly concerned with yourself. And if we take just an honest look at it, like none of us are looking to invest in a relationship where the other person doesn't care about us in return. Like if I, if I come up to you and I'm just like, man, like what's going on in your life? How are you doing? You know, and it's, it's that conversation every time for months and months, I'm gonna be like, it doesn't seem like they really care about me. And, and, and I think we can, when we're overly concerned about ourselves, it can keep us in a place of loneliness because we're not loving others in return. We're not really opening ourselves up to be loved. And, and it's really, you know, I want to talk about the, the blessing principle here. Acts 20, 35, you know, Paul is, uh, he's quoting Jesus. And Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, and I think this is something that drives people's loneliness. We really want to receive love, and it's something that we need. We need to receive love. We need to receive attention, but we can forget to give it. We can forget the ways other around, others around us really need it, and, and it's hard. You know, we can go through some desperate things in life and just be like, I, I think I probably need love more than the next person. Other people are going through it too. Other people need to be loved by you. God wants to use you to bless others. And so I just want to ask ourselves and ask yourself, have you robbed yourself of experiencing the good blessing of relationship with others 
by only receiving love and attention and not giving it. Don't rob yourself. It can lead you to deeper loneliness. And last one, patiently work for deep community. Patiently work for deep community. And I say this, it takes work. You know, uh, I love this proverb right here. I immediately thought about, you know, if it takes work, then the lazy person's probably not going to do it. That's why we've got this verse here, Proverbs 24. It says, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. So it's, it's this idea of like, if you, you're lazily working for community, so you're really not working, and then all of a sudden down the line, you're like, why don't I have community? It's because you didn't put in the work, the hard work of biblical community. You know, this one's hard. Uh, you know, I think we can easily look around at other people around us and envy the way that they have community and the way, because we don't have it that way or, or man, they are just really good at talking with people and they, they get relationships, you know, and friendships so easy. But what, uh, what is true? This is, this is true here that some people can make friends easier than others, but no one gets into deep, godly community without work. No one gets into deep, godly community without work. It's gonna take conflict resolution. It's gonna take time. It's gonna take effort on your part. So you have to ask yourself, do you really want it? And are you willing to put in the work? So don't believe the lie that there's nothing that you can do about your loneliness. And maybe you're, you're looking at that list right there and you're like, those, yeah, I agree. Those are some good things, Luke. I've done all of them. I've gone, I've covered the gambit. I've, I've done the whole list of things and I'm still lonely. And, and these verses didn't promise that you would no longer be lonely in the moment. And what I would just say is, is where you might be wrong is just in thinking that things will never change. If you think things will never change, you don't know God. You don't know what he's doing in the world. He is changing things and redeeming his creation for the better. And, and I, and I want to insert here as well. If, if this is you, you're in this season of loneliness right now. I, wanna, I have a friend named Seth. I went to K-State with him. Uh, we were more acquaintances. Um, after college, he got a job in Wichita, Kansas. And uh, I had never been to Wichita, but I was going down there for a wedding, and he's a city planner, so he gave me a tour of the whole city. Wichita was okay. It's not Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he didn't know anyone in Wichita, and he was living by himself. And, and he's not the most social guy. He's kind of socially awkward, to be honest, and uh, he knows it. He's very open about it. And um, when I arrived, he was reading his Bible. We went to dinner, and he brought his Bible to dinner. I've never brought my Bible just to a casual dinner. When we got home and I was getting ready for bed, he was sitting in the chair reading his Bible. I got back from the wedding the next day. He was there reading his Bible. Seth admitted he was in a serious period of loneliness, but what that meant is he had more time on his hands than he may ever have in his entire life. And I just want to pose just the, the prospect that God never promised that we'd never have series, uh, a series of loneliness in our life, but he does command us to make the, the best use of the time. And so if you're, you're in this spot or you're going to be in that spot of loneliness, consider the blessing of time that you have in your life. 
I mean, if, if you still desire, you know, like relationships and marriage, and he did, and he still worked for it, you know, he's, he is married now, you know, praise God, you know, he's, he's got a kid on the way, you know, he might have seven kids, he's a crazy dude, but he's never going to have that type of time in his life, the rest of his life. And when kid number seven comes along, he's not going to have time to study the Bible like he had when he was in that period of loneliness. And he's going to look back on that time and say, man, I used my time well. And he stored up the word in his heart so that when he is in another season of life, he's got it. There are many people who will go through seasons of life over busying themselves and they will never know the scriptures. They will never know the word of God and they're going to need to study it because that's all they've got. Work now. Work in your seasons of loneliness that you go through now. Prepare yourself. So lie number two that people believe in loneliness is that people will satisfy my loneliness. And you're like, Luke, you told me, like, pursue community. You know, get godly community. That's going to be kind of the help here. And I sort of said that, but um, I want to be careful here to not contradict the scriptures. You know, in in the very beginning, God made the world, creation. He made the man. He said, don't eat from the tree. And then he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And, and the solution to that problem was for there to be another person. And it was Eve who he made. And they would multiply and fill the earth. And so I need to be like, honest with the scriptures. There's, there's part of God's design that he has designed people to help fight loneliness so that we wouldn't be alone. But like, let's be honest. Let's take an honest look at that circumstance. We will never be in the circumstance Adam was in. So in, in Adam's day, there was one single dude and a bunch of animals. The ratios were rough. <laughs> Adam didn't have friends. He didn't know heartbreak. He didn't know any of that. But God came in and he supplied something that was lacking before Adam even knew it. God supplied something that was lacking. He said, you need help. I'm going to give you a helper suitable for you. So God, here, and we could, we're not going to get fully into, this isn't a marriage talk, but God, he made the woman so the man wouldn't be alone. So there is an aspect that God has made people for you to not be lonely. And, and we know this. You know, uh, I look at Proverbs 18.1 on the next slide. It says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. He's not wise. The sound wisdom, he goes against it when he isolates himself. It's not good that we would run from people and choose loneliness. You know, we know that it's good from this to be with people. That, you know, Hebrews 10, it says, don't neglect to meet together, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. We ought to be with one another. We ought to encourage one another. You know, back to our psalm on the second verse. That how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day. It's, it's an inference that it would be better to not have to just take counsel from himself. There should be someone else that he can take counsel from. It's good that we're in this relationship. I know that we know this. And this last verse is, is interesting. And it kind of gives us some context for where, for where we're going. Psalm 146.3, another psalm of David. It says, do not trust in princes or in mortal man who cannot save when they die, they return to the dust. All their plans come to an end. And that's, that's the direction here is, you know, we've been designed to be in community. However, we're not supposed to put our faith in them. You don't put your faith in another person who cannot save you. 
And we can be with people all of the time and lack any, and lack any sort of depth of relationship. This is extremely common. I mean, I have been, I've known this in my life many times, that I've been constantly surrounded. Man, life is good. Man, I'm, I'm partying like every night. I know some of y'all go to Kansas like every weekend. That was me back in the day. I was going every weekend, dancing my little heart out. And, uh, and you know, I look back on some of that time and it's, it's on me. I'm not saying this is you, but I was just, just having fun and there was no depth of relationship coming out of it for me. You know, I know some of you are using it for ministry and are sharing the gospel with people there. Keep doing that. You know, for me, I was using it poorly. There was no depth of relationship that was being created. But I know that some of us, that we live for the fun, live for the weekend, and we never slow down. And what's going to happen is we're going to find ourselves not in that season anymore and wonder where did all the people go? Where are all the people that I thought were my friends? We have to develop those relationships, that deep, godly community, but at the end of the day, people will not satisfy your loneliness. And another common line of thinking is like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be as social as I need to be, as social as I can be until I find that one. I'm going to find the spouse. Man, we're going to get married and I'm never going to experience loneliness again. And I know some of you know this, but some of the loneliest people in the world are married. You know, it's, it's this relationship where someone has like already given you the expectation that they're going to love you for the rest of your life. And sometimes in marriage, people just stop doing it. Some of you are, are far too familiar with that, you know, and I'm, I'm extremely sorry, but we, we have to just know this and put this where it ought to be. People do not satisfy our loneliness. They aren't the cure-all, not even Marriage. And that's the truth on the next slide. People aren't a cure to our loneliness, but God demonstrates his love by drawing us near to himself and nearer to others. We're going to play a little game. We can get a little fun in here, all right? So I need four volunteers. Uh, how about someone like back here, anyone in the row, uh, and maybe in the back. Someone get up in the back. Uh, one volunteer, Dexter, I'm calling you out. Yep, Dexter's up. Uh, stand over there in the back. Yeah, give it up for Dexter, my man. All right, someone. Uh, yeah, st- oh, stand in the back. Sorry, don't come up here. Yet. Yeah, stand in the back corner. I want to I be close to you too, man. Uh, so someone in the back middle here, could you stand up as a volunteer and, and remain back there? Anyone, go ahead. So I'm going to ask the same thing back here in this corner. Someone get up, volunteer. Yeah, has a quick volunteer there. So, all right, someone in the middle. There we go. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one more. Anyone over here want to get up? In this, okay. No, we're good. Three volunteers. Thank you, guys. So we're going to play a little game of uh, red light, green light. Y'all know what that is? Good? Thumbs up? You know what that is? Okay. We're good. So uh, green light. Walk towards me. I, didn't, I need to give you that direction. All right, <laughs> uh, red light. You're walking quick. You're walking quick, man. Dexter, hurry it up, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, green light. Red light. So would you guys say that you're closer to one another now than when you started? Yes. Yeah, you've been walking towards me, right? You haven't been walking towards one another, right? Yeah. All right, green light. I love it. You guys came up on stage. This is amazing. All right. 
Thank you guys. You guys can sit down. Thank you guys. Give them a, give them a round of applause. I was going to ask them to come up on stage if they didn't, like, let's get close, but they were, feel comfortable around each other. I like it. So it was stupid, but I, I mean to illustrate that they were all walking to me. And in, the, in that scenario, if, if I am Jesus, they were all pursuing me. And, and this is true of pursuing Jesus, that when you pursue Christ, you get closer to others who are pursuing Christ. The, truth, the whole truth of the New Testament, what God is doing in the world is he is drawing people unto himself. And as he's doing them, that, he is building them up together to be a temple, to be this beautiful community, a people for himself that would love him and serve him in unity. That is what you get when you follow Jesus. Now, now if you don't pursue Jesus, there's other people that will reap the benefit. Uh, if, you, if you stay back and you walk slowly, maybe like Dexter was walking slowly there at the beginning, you didn't get as close as the other two did right away. But man, when you pursue Christ all out, you get close with others who are doing the same. Yeah, Proverbs 18, 24, already up on the screen. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it doesn't say to trust in that person, right? But there is deep friendship in the Lord that's deeper than blood. It's not family over everything. It's spiritual family over everything. So, okay, great. So I'll follow Jesus. You know, the, the loneliness is going to be gone. That's awesome. Great, right? That's what you're saying, Luke? Lie number three, following Christ means that I'll never feel lonely. Lie number three, following Christ means that I'll never feel lonely. Maybe you've heard this. Maybe you've inferred it from some of the things that I've said or have been talked about in the past. God doesn't promise that you're never going to feel lonely in this life. I, mean, I think of some words right off the bat that God uses for Christians. You want to hear some of them? Aliens. Sojourners. Wandering, where are they? Exiles. Not where they maybe belong, with the people they belong with. All identities that Jesus is telling us, this is not our home. I think of 2 Timothy 4, you know, Paul is, uh, he's been going through some, some stuff and he's telling his disciple Timothy and he's like, hey, I'm all, I'm all by myself, really only my guy Luke is with me. Luke sounds like a sweet dude, but, uh, but he says, you know, I started being persecuted and I got put on trial and, and here's what he says here in, in 2 Timothy 4, actually I may not have a verse for it uh, on the screen, but he says, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me. All deserted me. Everyone left me. He's a believer. He's following Christ. These other people are believers following Christ, yet they deserted him. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed. He was alone, but the Lord stood by him. Paul says again in 2 Corinthians, you know, he's, he's talking about just his life. And he's like, uh, all these people say that they're great, you know, apostles, quote unquote. And, uh, and he says, me? Here's what my life's looked like. I've been shipwrecked. Sounds pretty lonely. I've been adrift at sea for a night and a day. Pretty lonely. I've been in prison. I've been beaten. I've been stoned. All things, just imagine the loneliness in those moments that he probably was tempted to feel and the things that he could have chosen to believe because of his circumstances. 
but he did not give up on God. And think of the life of Christ. Isaiah 53, it prophesies the life of Christ when he would come, and it does it to a T. And uh, that's, that's what God does when he prophesies things. He, he fulfills it perfectly. And, and describing the life of Jesus, this is what Isaiah 53 says. He was despised and rejected by men. Jesus, despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, like one whom men hide their faces from, he was despised. We esteemed him not. So Jesus knew the agony that you feel of rejection and loneliness and sorrow. So where can this Jesus thing help me? Where can following Christ come in and do the trick? And here's the truth. We will still experience loneliness in this life, but by faith in Christ, we have the presence of God that we can never be separated from and will never leave us. Never be separated from or left by the presence of God. That's true of every believer in the room. If you believe in Christ, you will never be alone for another moment of your existence. The Bible in your hands or the Bible on your phone in your hands, this is the entire point of it. It's pervasive through the whole scriptures. Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. This is at the beginning of your Bible. Do not fear or be in dread, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Psalm 23, 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it looks bleak. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Isaiah 41:10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Hebrews 13, 5, 6, I love this one. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content right now with what you have, with where you're at, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And we know Jesus' parting words before he ascended to heaven, Matthew 28, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what I mean to say, when we feel lonely as the believer, it's a reminder to look to the presence of God, to look to Jesus. He became lonely and despised for your sake, for your benefit. When we feel rejected by men, it should remind us that Jesus was rejected by people he was offering to heal and save. Back to uh, India. Uh, so I was, I'm in the Uber, and uh, I have never felt more lonely in my entire life. Other side of the world from everyone I love. Uh, I have been, this is the first time that I have been laughed at for believing in Jesus. First time persecution was really a part of my existence at all. And waiting in traffic, I'm, I'm on my way home, I'm going to be late, I'm frustrated, I'm drained, I'm empty, and I'm crying out to God. I begin crying out to God, help me make sense of everything that's going on right now. Like the purpose that I feel like I have for my life, it feels like it's not fulfilling. All of this following Jesus stuff, uh, Christ, I, I don't know if this is worth it. And what happened is the soundtrack of my thoughts really changed. As I'm crying out loud in the back seat of this Uber, 
I just experienced the nearness of God in, the way, in a way that I've never experienced it again. And it couldn't be confused with anything else. I couldn't speak with the Uber driver. He wasn't being really sweet. Here's what happened. My mind changed. My thoughts changed. My heart changed. The presence of God was comforting me. Psalm says that he, cons- uh, he commands his angels concerning you. His angels came and ministered to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We, we who share in the sufferings of Christ will also share in his comfort too. When I draw near to God, he draws near to me. He comforts me in all my affliction. He's already saved me and he's already shown me grace upon grace. We looked at Psalm 13. The way it closes out, David's been crying out. Why are things the way they are? Circumstances haven't changed yet. Here's how David closes out that psalm. He says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Following Christ does not mean we're never going to be afraid. We're never going to be scared, but it does mean that we will never have a moment that we need to fear being alone. He's always with us. And Jesus is ultimately the friend who sticks closer than a brother. For all of us who trust in him. He gives us earthly friends who who go deeper than blood, but Jesus is that friend who sticks closer than a brother. Christ is the cure to our loneliness, and and he's returning again. While we will feel lonely and really the rest of our our lives here on this earth, he's returning again, and he's returning soon. Here's what's going to happen. We know it from the scriptures. He's going to gather all of his people to himself for all time's sake, and we will be with him face to face forever. And loneliness will be wiped away once and for all. The feeling of loneliness will never be known again by anyone who knows Jesus. So if, if you haven't trusted in him, and even if you're in a season of loneliness and it's hard to trust in him, I just ask that you'd come forward tonight, you talk to someone you know, and let us pursue God with a pure and whole heart, along with others who are also drawing near to him. Would you pray with me? Lord, I uh, thank you just for, for what you do in this room. Every Thursday, God, the block began to exist uh, by you bringing it to bear. And, and one of those reasons was to... Uh, pull people out of loneliness and because you care for our hearts. You care that we wouldn't be driven to despair. The feelings of loneliness wouldn't dominate us and um, thank you for Christ and for what you're going to do on his return to make all things right, to make all things new. God, will we look forward to that day now and while we wait, God, would we trust, would we believe, would we experience your near presence and would we help others know feel and experience the same thing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.